0: Hello
1: and welcome to Prompty Prompt,
0: the game show slash podcast that shines a spotlight on new and existing writers via the medium of chatting, creative prompts, coffee and chaos with me, Letty Butler
1: and me, Stephen Mellor
0: or Dave, as we like to call him on the show.
1: Here on Prompty Prompt, we don't just talk about a writer's life, the highs and lows and all the bits in between.
0: We don't just promote our guests and their work and unearth their
1: top writing tips, but we challenge them to write live in response to a series of creative prompts oh what's the prompt dave a prompt can be anything from a word sentence a picture anything that gets the creative juices flowing
0: so the first challenge is a pre-prepared prompt guests get one week to write a 200 word piece which they will share on the show
1: round two is a completely unseen prompt which they'll hear for the very first time live on the show. We give them three minutes to craft a response.
0: And last but not least comes the grand finale. Exactly the same as round two, but with only one minute to come up with the goods. Sounds fun. That's because it is.
1: You can play along at home and we'll tell you where and when and how during the show.
0: Or perhaps you're just listening in for the sheer entertainment. This is also fine. This week we're feeling a tiny bit tinselly because it's our Christmas special and we've got some top-notch guests for you. They are Poet, novelist, memoirist, mountaineer and mum Helen Mort And poet, editor and creative director of Wordlife Joe Chris
1: Expect David Beckham Kipper Lips And Sally Rooney's Pickup Lines
0: Is that a cracker in your pocket Dave? Are you just pleased to see me?
1: Oh, sorry Merry Christmas everybody. Ho 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 Can you imagine it? Christmas already. It must have flown through this year as far as I'm concerned. How are we today, Letty?
0: I'm excited. Really, really excited for today actually, Dave. Why
1: are you excited?
0: Well, because it's Christmas, isn't it?
1: Oh well, Christmas will get everybody excited, isn't it?
0: Well, not everyone no.
1: Oh, okay. That's kind of like brought it down straight away. I thought we were going to go for a high energy Christmas love. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, everyone loves Christmas. It's great for every single person it, in the world.
1: Yeah, well, actually, I'm with you. Actually, it's not.
0: Should we introduce the guests? I think we
1: should because it's getting a bit darker yeah, on this side of the okay. table. Right, who we got on the show?
0: So I am really, really delighted to welcome to the show two of I'm going to say Sheffield's and and beyond finest poets. Helen Mort and Joe Chris, Welcome to Prompty Prompt. Thank you. Thank you. Are you feeling Christmassy? You look quite Christmassy. Yeah,
2: I mean, you brought the hat, so yeah, I, I didn't have a that. choice, did I? So, but. No, no. <laughs> Although your, your, shirt,
0: your shirt combo is, I mean, it's red. I've got a red jumper. We're all quite Christmassy in the studio today. Helen, are you feeling Christmasy? I am now that I'm a reindeer. Yeah. (laughs) wasn't until
3: that point, but now I might just keep these
1: on. Well, actually, first and foremost, because it is a Christmas show, and in honour of the fact that we now have a guest on the show who's actually appeared on University Challenge. um, (laughs) I I am so impressed at that. I mean, I wouldn't even have the courage to to go on it, never mind the intelligence.
3: You don't have to have the intelligence to go on it as... Me and the rest of my team proved. It was what? a special um, Christmassy one for graduates and we had no qualifications whatsoever <laughs> to be on the show. <laughs> so We're,
0: we're going to have to hear a little bit we, about we, but, what it's going oh, to be on University uh, Challenge. Was, was it on, Paxman?
1: Was yeah, it... it was. Oh, I, you need to tell us everything now.
3: I'll just tell you the most embarrassing bit, oh, really, yes, which is that um, I got beaten to the, the the one question that I knew the answer to it was a poetry question. And I actually knew the answer to it, but I got Beaten to the buzzer because I waited. Oh, no. But it was by John Lanchester. The answer? The, oh, he beat uh, you, the novelist competitor. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he beat me. So I thought if you're going to get a poetry agree. answer beaten by anyone, then it might as well be a be him. really clever writer.
0: I would be hopeless.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I take it you didn't
2: win. No. <laughs> <laughs> Great, straight to the jugular. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah, sugarcoat this in any no, shape no, or form. Yeah. Did you win? Mm. No. I'm just I'm just trying to get the points in early for for the quiz I'm excited. Oh you're yeah. getting competitive. Well if
1: so. if you want you can we can start the quiz straight off, you know. Is there a prize, Dave? There is a prize. What is it? Uh, it's Peter for a day. What do you Pe- mean it's Pe- Peter Pe- for a day? Well, well no, I haven't agreed to this. Well you see and I, it, 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 if it makes the edit then then he agrees to it. If he takes it out then he doesn't So Look. the prize is Peter will carry bags and wander around and just do general menial jobs.
0: You can't just offer up the producer for <laughs> for
1: a day well i haven't got any of the prizes so right. it's going to do, be that
2: you, you can know, have my hat if you want do you know plumbing peter
0: oh peter can you do plumbing
2: uh, that's a yes yeah, yes That's we'll swap dates and times later and we'll get that solid. so we know who's
1: winning the quiz right.
0: fantastic
1: <laughs> so you can have a you can start the quiz now if you want we can well, let's
0: have one question so we can yeah. have
1: a quick question I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a famous line From either a famous movie or a famous Christmas song. So what do we do? How do we we buzz? Well, we don't have a buzzer because we don't have the budget for a buzzer. So you need to make a buzzing noise if you want to answer the question. Okay, we get the idea. So it's a little bit haphazard. But we spent all the money on crackers, so I'm sorry. And hats, because you can keep the hats say the question, Dave. Here, question one. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. From which movie? Uh, Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Are you uh, I'm just going to guess. Yeah. Go. It's A Wonderful Life. Incorrect. Oh. It's this, I'm not going to throw them around because the look on your yeah, face is straight yeah, yeah. away. I'm not going to throw <laughs> no, them yeah. around. Blank. Uh, it was from the Santa Claus oh. 2. So there you have it. <laughs>
0: that is so niche. I think, you know, I thought you were going to go for like Home Alone or something.
1: Okay. All right. And each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole. Bzzz. <laughs> Correct. That's got to be It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. It is a Wonderful yes. Life. That's why I said correct. <laughs> correct I was correct asking you buzzed to come it, in. So that was brilliant. I yes. might just
2: answer that to every single question, it seems like. It, won't win, you, it won't
1: win any points from okay. this point onwards. There is no other. <laughs> I have kind of like giving it away that It's a Wonderful Life does not feature in the. I'm going to just check. It doesn't feature. Anyway, we're we'll not going any further. Okay. No, so actually, no, Christmas is a very busy time for us, Mr. Cratchit. Buzz! Letty Sheffield. Scrooge. Buzz. <laughs> Helen on the other side of the table. <laughs>
3: a Christmas Carol. No, what, what very Christmas close,
1: Christmas very carol, close.
3: It, it is a Christmas Carol.
1: It's, Christmas. it's not. D- I'll throw it one or further oh. over. It's not. It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, it's the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh,
0: I'm so embarrassed.
1: Michael Caine's greatest performance. I'm
0: sorry, but I think Helen should get half a point.
3: For half
1: that. a point. Half a point. Yes. Right. Well, moving I'm already
3: on. beating my score on University Challenge. <laughs> so. Good. Right, good start okay. to the show.
1: Brilliant. Well, we'd have two brilliant poets on, and I have to admit, I'm not a poet. I've dabbled like everybody, right? every writer, it seems. So the question I'd like to, to sort of really kickstart our chat is, why is poetry important?
0: Lovely question.
1: If it does feel a little bit passively aggressive, I admit.
0: Well, no, I but, think it's because, like, you know, both of you do so much, Joe, you, you work with word life to kind of and your whole ethic is to to bring new work to new audiences through a variety of, of different ways albeit technology or live or whatever and Helen you work with an array of of non-writers you're on the radio a lot and it feels like both of you share that desire to to get poetry out there so so why is that important to you why do you think poetry is important
3: Well, I guess I think it's, um, well, it's that that thing, isn't it, about it being the best possible words in the best possible order. There's something for me about poetry where it's sort of like, because I write in all forms increasingly. I, I like to, I love all kinds of writing, but it's sort of like the, I can't think of a better analogy. It's like the the malt whiskey of literature. It's like you you only need Mm -hmm. a little tiny bit because it's so strong and so powerful. And it's it's so evocative. Um, And you just see it all the time, don't you? I'm always so struck by... Because if people know you're a poet, um, they're going to ask you questions at certain points. And it's always the same. It's always at weddings and funerals and births. And these are the times in life when people want a poem and they want to read and share a poem. And I think that says something about the way it kind of has a direct line to our emotions. So I think poetry will always be... special in that way because of it's memorability and it's concision and the way you can carry a poem round in your head if you be like some of my favorite poems I know by heart in fact I once recited a Robert Frost poem to my mum when we were on holiday and she was like oh is that yours you've you've improved you've got really good <laughs> and it wasn't mine but you, the fact that you can do that I think is, is really special and it doesn't have to be written and um, it's not you know even if you even if you couldn't read stuff on the page you could appreciate a poem I'm getting carried away now. So what do you think?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I, I completely agree. And I think the best way of answering this is, I think everyone has to, you know, you have to answer it personally, I suppose, and kind of go back, I think, to the experience that you have or I've had or you've had reading poetry. And I think, you know, for me when I was younger, especially, I think, when I kind of first discovered poetry, probably initially through, you know, school, but also listening to music and so sort of sort kind of penning song lyrics and not really knowing what it was. You were just kind of writing these unrequited love letters to uh, someone at school you fancied. And, you know, maybe you called it a poem, but it was song lyrics, that kind of thing. I, I think... I don't want to get too attached to that experience because that was obviously quite a bad experience. I think growing up, but the I think the <laughs> uh, the bare experience sort of I think is just this idea that that the poetry is you know is a way of seeing and it's a way of in, kind of engaging. Uh, it's it's a bit like having a conversation with yourself. I think writing poetry is. I think especially when you kind of start it as a, as a kind of artistic practice, I think it's some, often a way of working something out, mm. and I think that is probably the thing that first kind of drew me to to writing and and poetry and then to be honest it it was just something I just enjoyed doing you know fundamentally and I think poetry is important because you know it's a way of kind of I think I think working things out I think and it it does have something about as a way of seeing things in the world and the other thing I like about it is that it's so aggressively uncommercial um, in comparison to other (laughs) art forms as well which I think you know, to be honest, do get sullied by by money and by lots of other things, you know. You can't make a film without 400 pieces of product placement in it. You know, the the art world these days is kind of, you know... You know, for me, it's just an art form that I, I think I... I appreciate and I engage with and I think you know other people probably get the same thing from joining a local football club or from other art forms as well you know I wouldn't make overblown claims for, for what it is or, or what it does but I think you know for me personally it's you know it's been a way of kind of working things out and I suppose also just a way of finding a community of people as well actually. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, it's now almost like a golden time for poetry because you have got all these other mediums that you can draw in it feels as almost that as there's a sudden with technology you've got this more this greater accessibility is that a good thing for poetry or is it
2: dangerous perhaps oh it's definitely a good thing i don't think uh I'm trying to think if poetry could ever be dangerous I suppose, <laughs> I suppose. I mean, you can get some quite sharp cutting poems I suppose but yeah I mean I, th- I think it's a great thing you know I, I, th- I think I think the thing that's happening more with poetry more generally at the moment as well is that in the past it's been quite an elite art form but I, th- I think you know i think especially now though you're really seeing lots of different communities really buy into what poetry is and kind of find their own you know form with it and that's across lots of different you know across gender race you know sexuality you know poetry really feels like this quite radical art form now where lots of lots of different and exciting things are happening
3: and again, like I think um, that different mediums work better for poetry than for anything else, again, because of the concision and because it's so... A poem can be a tiny thing. It's sometimes easier to quote from and extract from. It's very quotable. So poems work on Instagram, they work on Twitter, they work on yeah. f- film, they work in performance. Um, <clears throat> they they are so flexible, for want of a better yeah. word. And so I think, yeah, you see it quite a lot with... Um, the more you get asked to work with film and with radio and stuff like that it's like I always feel like it's easier for me as a poet than it is for a novelist or for a memoir writer or whatever um but also the thing about danger as well yeah I totally agree with with you Joe. um there's there's always there's always for some reason there's like a, and I think it is because it's so uncommercial that there's sort of a bit of a fear in the poetry world about lots of things being dangerous to poetry there's almost like everything is a threat that might somehow dilute the art form and I'm not really sure what that's about I think we should have more faith in in ourselves as a as writers as poets the fact that them um, diversifying how people might encounter poetry is not the enemy of any particular kind of poetry there always seems to be a bit of a there's a moral panic always, and it's, it happens every time. It's like when Seamus Heaney said that um, Eminem was a great poet, and everyone's like, "Oh no, rap isn't poetry." And then you get Instagram poems and poets famous on there, and it was like, "Instagram isn't poetry." And it goes on and on. And of course, it is. And of course, poetry is many things. And I don't yeah. think I don't think as a as a world, the poetry world
0: needs to be frightened of anything. I was mm-hmm. going to say, you know, we've got all these different kind of terms. these that that uh, and I think it's probably because different ways of, of different styles. So we've got spoken word and mm. uh, beat poetry. I mean, what What is the difference, the fundamental difference between spoken word and poetry? Is it just that spoken word is is written for performance?
2: I mean, in some ways, I think these terms are quite loose and often when, when people use it, it depends who uses the word, what they mean by it. So I suppose, you know, if you went to bookshop and there's a spoken word section it literally just means the spoken word kind of thing and you might hear audio books and all of that kind of stuff sort of categorized as a spoken word and sometimes people use terms like performance poetry slam Mm -hmm. poetry and I I think ultimately like in a way it doesn't really matter it's all just poetry really And, and I think You know, some poetry is probably written more to to be heard or or performed and some poetry is probably written more to act on the page, you know. And I I think, in a way, I I don't think the definitions really matter that much, I think. I think the way they sometimes matter has been how people have tried to reach audiences and I think sometimes it's been quite confusing for audiences when there are lots of these inter- you know, terms that overlap and are slightly different. And I think that's in a way where it's 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 kind of an issue, what how people are defining what they're doing, I suppose. But actually, I think probably the easiest way, and probably the best thing is just to call it poetry, I think.
3: Yeah, you've all always got in your head, haven't you, the, the best way that you might want something to be appreciated or how mm. you might want to, someone to encounter it. And that might be, the same person might do different things with different poems. But I always think as well that... Like anyone who who writes primarily with the page in mind and they're imagining their work on paper would be daft to think that they couldn't learn from people who might write primarily for their preferred reception or medium is is for it to be spoken out loud and vice versa like yeah. they've got to talk to each other and they do really effectively and a good poem is a good poem, isn't it? And mm. a good page poem will work really well in performance, generally, unless mm. someone's mumbling it into a bag or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I got that idea from. And, and, and vice versa, there will be something of that magic gets carried. Also, it's it's. I think it's a branding issue again, isn't it? Sometimes mm. it's what. We, my, my friend Tim always used to say um, performance poetry, spoke of it, he's like, oh, it's poetry with a regional accent. He <laughs> 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 said you'll get asked to do performance stuff if you've got a regional accent, which I found quite funny because it's about how it sounds and about the assumptions about who is going to do that poetry. And yeah, basically. <laughs> so,
1: so when you set out to write, where you get a line in your head and etc., cetera, and you, away you go, Are you? do you automatically think the page, Or does the line then generate a thought of, well, that actually could work with film or with, with radio, with sound in some shape or form?
3: It depends. It depends on how I've been asked. So if it's a commission, that's different because yeah. you've been asked to do it for a specific purpose. So you've got someone else's intention and preference in mind. But for instance, um, I wrote something on the way here in my head and I was just walking into town and I was turning the lines over and over. So that's the sound. And I then wrote it down in my notebook, So, that, but but I'm hearing it as I was walking, but I was also imagining the words on the page and sort of seeing it and imagining where I put the line breaks. So it's kind of, and, and most people I know would, like, even if they're writing on the page or typing, they might read it out loud to themselves before... Mm. And I guess, I bet you'll have had this experience as well, Joe. Like, I've had so many experiences of reading a poem for the first time live. And as I do it, I sort of make edits. And mm-hmm. I go, actually, that bit doesn't work. I'm going to change that bit. So it's, which is partly you
0: and hearing it, but it's partly the audience as well. Yeah. And- do you mean, like, gauging how the audience is responding and kind of tweaking as you yeah. go? Is that a thing that you do?
2: I think, like, you know, there's, when you're reading poetry... Um, to an audience you can almost feel a quality of silence Mm. where you can kind of you know you can feel whether a line is understood or misunderstood Mm. or whether something catches and holds or whether something's just that bit's too long you know you know, John on the fourth row is looking out the window and is a bit bored, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, 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 you know, when you're... Bloody when you read, John. I don't bloody John. He always hates my poems. But, um, Why does he keep coming back? I, I don't know. Yeah, he keeps following me around. But, you know, it's funny, actually. I think when you're on, when people are in an audience often, I think sometimes they almost feel a bit invisible. And it's no. quite funny when you're reading poems, you know, on a stage sometimes. You you can pick people out. You can see what's, what's happening. But, yeah, I mean, it's about that quality of silence, which definitely builds into my editing process now at least you know reading it out once at an open mic or or a gig or somewhere Yeah. yeah
0: I'm interested in so I wanted to jump on what Helen you said about um and I actually I saw this in that in that lovely video you've got on your website. Is it the John Muir? Muir? Oh yeah, Trust, yeah, yeah. running up
3: hills. And yeah, uh, is, is it called in the wild?
0: The or wild in me. The wild that's in called, me. That's right. The wild in me. And in that video, you say that one of your favourite things to do is to to get a line in your head and then take it out for a walk or a run. And I love that idea. I mean, and I, I, I know that you do that as well, Dave. And and just let that idea germinate as you're outdoors in the fresh air and all of that stuff so have you got a process like that joe Is i was that- just thinking
2: that i think i take some of my lines out for a pint <laughs> <laughs> it's it definitely worse for me i think much more unhealthy lifestyle choice but um yeah i mean absolutely i think you know you just let it sit with you don't you and just kind of try and understand it feel it out the sound of it you know The meaning of it and just over time it kind of just develops into sometimes into a completely different poem than you thought you were writing you know and And
3: sometimes it takes a really long time doesn't it so I mean sometimes it's quite quick that those things come together but sometimes I I've, I've very occasionally that had an idea for something in my head for years waiting for another idea to kind of connect with it because <clears> you know that the first idea is good but it's not quite the poem and so then you get strange moments like I remember once um, being in a, a toilet in a theatre in Hull, <laughs> and suddenly this idea that I'd had in my head for years—something else—I was like, ah, that's the that's the, the thing. So then, what are you going to do? You, you can stand by the sink writing it down, or well, maybe you just think about it for longer. And I, I think there's something nice in that process. In letting it settle because the bits that are really memorable will have stayed with you and the bits that are less memorable you'd probably forget but maybe you've forgotten them for a reason so I've never quite been frightened of you know that thing where everyone's like a oh, writer's worst nightmare would be losing their notebook or losing a poem or losing a draft and I sort of think it's all in there
0: really and mm-hmm. I, I find that really comforting that concept of like you you didn't go to that cubicle with the intention of having an epiphany (laughs) but it's something quite comforting about you know knowing that your subconscious is just sort of ferreting away in the background like kind of constantly filtering through ideas and and working on your behalf even when you're not aware of it
3: yeah which is why you don't need to I, I I don't get frightened of periods of time when I'm not writing anymore and actually for me those are quite long often it's just it's all happening in the background
1: um Yes, the poet novel, the poet's novel. I know you. I'm fascinated. I, I, I write a novel, right? And the idea of then having to be a poet alongside of that, it terrifies me. How do you do it? How do you do both? Yeah. Um,
3: well, I think the hardest thing for a poet from going from being a poet to writing a novel is 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 <laughs> uh, realizing about the. the the hours and the discipline that you, you you can't, you can't write novels while you're running for the bus or taking a line for a walk or in the pub or whatever. You, you can't quite do that in the same way. You need to have consistency and um, a certain structure I found anyway, to mm-hmm. be able to, I couldn't just pick up the novel and drop it again. Like I might be able to do if I was working on a collection of poems and letting them accumulate. So yeah, but I definitely knew. So when I was writing my first novel, I really, really didn't, not that there's anything wrong with this, because I love reading them, but I sort of didn't want to write what they call a poet's novel. Yes. Um, I didn't want, uh, I didn't particularly want anyone to be like, I don't think I necessarily succeeded in that, but perhaps inevitably, because I am a poet and I like the qualities of poetry, but... I wanted it to have a plot for definite. I wanted it to have, <laughs> um, and I want that was almost part of challenging myself as well and keeping it interesting for myself because that's the one thing that you don't really have to worry about too much in a poem is those elements of, I'm generalising about all of this stuff, but the, the narrative and the, the plot progression and tying it all together. So that and dialogue. Um, no, I just wanted to... Practice those things, I suppose, and see if I could see if I could make a plot twist work.
0: For example, it's a really interesting concept, isn't it? Mm. This idea of the poet's novel, and we had um, Conor O'Callaghan on, who who uh, has sort of very confidently and and brilliantly made the made a leap from poetry to novel writing. He's just finished his second, Um, but he was talking about this this whole concept, and you've got a, a quote. It's very funny, actually, from Sean O'Brien, who says, poet writes gripping novel. Now, there's something you don't hear every day. (laughs) So why why is that? So a, a poet's novel is what? Something that lacks... Those elements of plot and character?
3: Well, no, not necessarily. I, I don't know. I mean, so I, I do, I quote Connor on this because so, I think he's, he's explored it really well. And he did an interview with the Irish Times about his last novel where he talks about it as like, it's the difference between bricks and architecture. So he's like, when you're a poet, you're thinking about the bricks all the time. It's all about the bricks. And then the novel, you're thinking about the architecture. And if you lose sight of the architecture, it doesn't matter how great the bricks are it might not kind of work and I I think his that interview is great so I think it answers all these questions really better than I can um I think it's in the Irish Times yeah and basically everything he says in that interview is absolutely true about what it's like to write a novel as a poet um and the, the change and also the things that you he's really good on talking about the things that you sort of in some way feel like you shouldn't write about but you have to write about and how that sort of more feels more risky in a novel than it does in a poem yeah. and you don't mm. have the metaphor and and just just the kind of um yeah the exposingness of writing a novel i suppose and how that i, I when when i think of like the 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 bad side of that term the poet's novel because I like poetic novels and I like novels written by poets. Absolutely. I think what, what I, what I imagine is in that kind of phrase that could be critical is you are kind of saying, well, not much happens, but they make it sound really beautiful, <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> which is fine because I like reading novels that are like that anyway. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to sort of, with mine, I sort of wanted to see if I could push myself because I probably knew I could make it sound okay, but could there be other things that I might fail at a bit more, but that it'd be
1: good to try? If mm. that makes sense. So, Joe, mm. you're a poet. Have you ever wanted to write a novel?
2: Uh, I've definitely wanted to, yeah, but I've I've never quite got round to it. <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've written uh, short pieces of prose and and short stories before, but I've not really done much with them in terms of sort of pursuing publication or you know, but um. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the thing that I think I always struggle when I write prose is that you have to write things like John walked down the corridor, opened a door, walked into a room, and in poetry, you can, you, Get forget about all of that narrative stuff, and you you can forget how people get from A to B. And you know, I mean, I I think there's that the, what I'm really impressed with, and when I read novels, is you know the skillfulness in making some of the mundanity of it come alive and yeah. still be engaged in it. And obviously, dialogue is, I think, one of the hardest things to write. And I think especially like. You know, when people speak normally, people talk in like truncated sentences that spiral off and aren't complete sentences. And then maybe a good example of a poet's novel might be dialogue, and where someone's you know speaks for two pages. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, that reminds me of a cold night in September. You know, no one, no <laughs> one speaks like that. You know, people can barely hold one cohesive thought in their head before bumping into another one as mm-hmm. opposed to being able to kind of, you know, write these or speak in these beautiful long narratives and monologues. So. I,
3: I think the single most useful practical bit of advice that anyone has ever given me about writing was about exactly that. And it was, um I'd sent a, a draft of my novel to um Joe Hakim, who we both know through mm. poetry and performance and stuff. And he just said to me, he was like remember that when people say something they're often doing something at the same time I was yeah. like oh yeah yeah that is really oh right yeah it <laughs> so really sounds really stupid but yet like you say Joe, as a poet you don't really think about that so mm-hmm. then and then I think I went a bit far the other way so it was a draft where everyone was like you know he said brandishing the cup of tea he <laughs> said doing this yeah. and all my characters were a bit busy um but um yeah it is that stuff and like the the exposure thing though as well reminds me have you do you do you get this, Joey, like particularly when you're presenting work to an audience, the the assumption of autobiography, yes. which I, mm. I think you don't necessarily get with fiction in the same way, I don't know. Do you do you get that a lot with readings and stuff? People oh yeah. think it's you in the poems. Oh yeah, always. absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's just, especially in I suppose more sort of spoken word or performance poetry, kind of nines or circles. You know, a lot of writing does tend to be quite autobiographical, but yeah, people, you know, sometimes you have to remind an audience that you can lie in a poem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, so people often lie in poems.
1: I think you know, if there was a a poet, if if somebody wanted to come to poetry here and now, mm. who would you recommend as, as worth just go and read that poem and that's your gateway?
0: What do you mean if dog? someone had never... What, yeah. Like, Where's a good starting point? Yeah, for?
2: yeah. What's the gateway to... Yeah, the, to lovely to... question. I, th- I think it depends on the person, doesn't it? Because I think it's always, you know, requires you to come up with some kind of judgment on their on their character or what they might respond to because, you know, I think someone like... Maybe like someone like Sharon Olds, actually. Someone like those mm-hmm. just beautiful, emotional pieces of, of, of writing. Um, certain poets speak to different people, don't they? So I think you'd have to kind of... So people coming from a kind of more of a music or background, you know, someone like Kay Tempest, you know, might might be a kind of gateway drug into poetry <laughs> for them. But yeah, it just depends from you know, where they're coming from, I suppose.
3: Someone needs to develop, I bet they actually have already, an algorithm, a bit like Spotify or something, yes. where you put in the stuff that you like in different genres and it'll tell you what poet you what should read. What brilliant idea. And,
0: I
2: a bet really somebody's done that.
0: I bet you can find it somewhere. I've got a question about Word Life and also Now Then.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, go
0: So could you just, well, I know that you are, you're the creative director of Word Life um, and it would be useful for, for people, for listeners to understand a bit about what Word Life is. Yeah, great. And also, in your capacity as the creative writing editor for Now Then magazine, Mm -hmm. I'd like to know how you select work. So I think lots of listeners maybe would, you know, thinking about sending their work somewhere. So from an editor's perspective, what makes you select work?
2: So Word Life is, it's a literary organisation and it's kind of just the brand behind which I kind of do lots of different projects about writing. And I started Word Life when I was a student at Sheffield University back in 2008 um, with one other uh, poet called Kyo Ching Onyi, who, uh, yeah, is a very successful uh, poet, editor for Bloomsbury's new kind of poetry series at the moment, Um, and he's doing lots of amazing things. And another poet called Katie Kapoor, who is also a teacher who works in in Sheffield. And, yeah, I mean, we started it just because we were writers in Sheffield. And back in the heady days of 2006, there really wasn't much of a a writing community and culture in Sheffield. It's very, very much changed over the years. It's so
0: hard to believe now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, there were there was some stuff. Don't get me wrong, but there wasn't anything like the culture of open mic nights or mm. performance nights or sort of, you know, there, there definitely wasn't this sense of a kind of bigger writing community in Sheffield that kind of knew each other and interacted. And so anyway, we set up our poetry nights and and we started off Word Life just as a poetry event, and then it's kind of over the years evolved into something else that's kind of a wider organisation that does you know events projects and you know publications and, and things like that but yes yeah, mm-hmm. on to now the magazine um i mean we've because of uh i mean it's kind of cool we've spent an, over an hour talking no one's mentioned covid or the pandemic yet. yeah <laughs> it's, it seems surprising it's not come up but yeah, yeah. i mean we, we've been on obviously a little bit of a hiatus for the last uh, couple of years and partly impacted by furlough means you know you're not allowed to yeah. to work when you're on, on furlough so we've kind of been hibernating really for a couple of years we're just kind of emerging um again with that moment but i think for me you know when i'm looking at pieces of writing that gets in and sent in I'm, I'm literally just looking for something i have emotional reaction to i think something that you know makes me just go oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know i mean i i because i you know because it's rolling it's monthly you know I'm not looking for something for a specific genre not looking for something for a specific style you know I'm really open to absolutely anything and you know I'm really into publishing people for the first time as well as more established writers so you know part of what I'm looking for is yeah I'm looking for quality and stuff that I like and enjoy but I am also kind of piecing it together a little bit based on you know, making it accessible and a, a platform that's useful for writing and writers in, in, in Sheffield. Um, I think, Helen, you guest-edited one copy of Alan yeah, for us, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, Back it so in the day. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's so much fun. It's
3: just, I, it's so interesting. It's, I think it's a real indication of the effect that um, things like Word Life and Now Then have had on the the, the kind of poetry scene in Sheffield mm-hmm. because yeah, ever, ever since I've been living back here like I grew up in Chesterfield and then kind of moved back um after some time in different places. And yeah, I'm I'm just aware of it as a really vibrant poetry spoken word, literature city. Um and and yeah, there's so much going on. So it's it's just it's and it's just so friendly, the mm. the whole community yeah. of writers of all genres in
1: Sheffield. Absolutely love it. Um it's great. Ready for the prompts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're ready for the first prompt. Who would like to go first with the their response? We always we, we go through this rigmarole. Who would like to go first? We know who's going first, don't we, Letty? It's going to be you. Mm. It's always this, either Letty or myself, that has to go first at this point. It just, it just seemed to be the... But who's going to go first? Letty, would you like to read out your 200 words to the prompt of... It happened at the Christmas party, which I know for a fact, because you told me before the show began, mm. that you didn't read correctly.
0: Well, no, but I mean, it's close.
1: <laughs> <laughs> close as in those words. Yeah, there are words. Um, Excellent. I
0: thought it was um, office Christmas party, but that's fine, isn't it?
1: Yes, that's absolutely fine.
0: Yeah. Okay. <sighs> right. So, this is called, Have Yourself a Merry Little Freelance Christmas. You've never been to an office Christmas party, never experienced the water cooler chit-chat and bants, re-what to wear and who to shag, never decorated an office in Poundland tinsel or tried to apply false eyelashes mid-number crunch, you've never perused an overpriced three-course menu in ZZ's or Brown's or, God forbid, Pizza Express, you've never even done Secret Santa. You've never drunk so much mulled wine that you've puked what looks like blood all over your boss's shoes or tried to finger that snotty-nosed bitch on reception who turns out to be a right love once she's had a few. You've never told Karen from accounts that everyone calls her kipper lips. And you've never told your area manager to go fuck himself. You've never woken up next to your area manager wearing nothing but one fake eyelash and a grimace. Never been assaulted by karaoke flashbacks and memoirs of a Big Mac circa 3am never done the walk of shame covered in glitter and bought a steak slice from Greg's, wondering if anyone else will be up for a hair of the dog at lunchtime. And you've never shat yourself in Dempsey's.
1: (laughs) You haven't lived. Um, Can I... I know know you don't have... You can lie, as you said earlier. (laughs) You can lie in...
0: I've never shat myself in Dempsey's, Dave, no.
1: Okay. And the rest of it... (laughs) You don't have to tell but, us. I've never but had an characters? area manager to fuck. All right. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, I've, had a, I mean, I've had a Big Mac at 3 a.m. I don't actually drink anymore. Uh, don't you? Uh, no. No, I gave up at the beginning of lockdown. Uh-huh. Not because I've done any of these things, but, you know, <laughs> I can imagine. Let's put it that way.
1: What about you two? You, I you- liked it. Did you?
2: Uh, yeah. Thank I you. I liked it as well. I've, I've gone a slightly similar theme, actually. Okay. So. And again, I feel a little bit like, oh, is this? Because I've not shown this to anyone either. I've just no, read. I haven't. No, exactly. <laughs> I, it's not been sense checked by everyone. To say, oh, Joe, really? And yeah. Like, so.
0: Yeah. I think what what I started from is I wanted to talk about you know all the poor people, e.g., me and you lot, yeah, uh, who don't actually no, you probably you probably do, who don't have the office Christmas party or don't have that kind of thing. And then I know that some organisations try to have like a creative freelancer Christmas party. Situation, but you know, I would actually really like to go to an office Christmas party. So I think that was just an outpouring of my own vitriol and bitterness at actually having never, never gone to one. So if anyone listening wants to invite me to a Christmas party, <laughs> promise I won't uh, puke mold wine all over your boss's shoes.
2: I mean, that's why I'd invite you. So, oh right, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I promise I will yeah.
0: puke mold wine all okay. over your boss's you can shoes. You come. Okay, great. Yes, thanks
1: brilliant okay well if it's going to be a
2: bit similar let's go with it joe okay so this is partly inspired by the fact i've just finished reading uh, sally rooney's latest novel oh, uh, beautiful sorry. world where yes, are I you have, so, wow. have you okay yeah. well may, maybe this will hit home then or okay, maybe great. again you'll just be like no joe this is horrid what were you thinking fine It was at the Christmas party that Johnny started trying to pick up women by using lines from Sally Rooney novels. (laughs) As the sales team rattled through a chaotic tone-deaf karaoke version of Last Christmas, he slid up to Michelle from Accounts and asked her if she ever felt like she was living in the last-lighted room before the darkness. (laughs) Michelle often felt like this, but this afternoon she'd also seen Johnny picking his nose while in the elevator and then pressing the buttons, and couldn't bring herself to suppress the image by entering into conversation with him. Johnny watched Alan, his line manager, walk back across the small pub dance floor with a pint of Heineken. As Alan pulled tight his fist to indicate that he too was living on a prayer, he managed to accidentally knock his own pint out of his own hand, cascading it down his trousers and shoes. Johnny turned to Sarah and said, Life offers up these moments of joy, despite everything, and walked to the bar himself. Johnny tried to muse whether his new Sally Rooney pickup routine was working, and came to the conclusion the night was young and it was too early to tell. He got a drink, pulled out his necklace so it was sitting on top of his shirt and headed to the smoking area.
0: I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's it. Brilliant.
1: I'm going to have to read this this. I'm not I'm like I feel very left out here cuz I've not read the latest I thank you you
3: do realise don't you that if instead of um, identifying lines from Christmas films and songs yeah. it had been from Sally <laughs> <really> <laughs> up, we all would have done it, it would, would have been better. completely <laughs> different you? You would right, have right. Done. let's
1: quickly no, you're not doing very well at digging me out of my holes here oh, I'm Helen would you, like, well, you what score. did you get go, for sure. the two words well I, like I
3: didn't it. go down the office Christmas party thing right. um, but Letty you can definitely come to I, I, I do get an office Christmas party for my university teaching job and you can definitely come to that and I am married to my boss there so you have permission to oh, be sick on great. his shoes. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't mind. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'll go home and I'll tell him that I've just invited you to a Christmas party. Oh, I don't good. even know if there is one this year. <laughs> anyway, no, I didn't go down that route. Um, uh, so uh, I wrote a poem instead. Um, great. Which Brilliant. is a lot shorter than 200 words and I'm not sure, it's, it's, I feel like it might be a less, mm, it's not as fun as what you did. It might be a bit weird. So now I'm worried about it. D- but that's fine. I'll just read it. Um <laughs> It happened at the Christmas party, or in the dark porch at your favourite aunties, or on a driveway near the end of Manor Road where every passing stranger froze. It happened on the tip of your mum's tongue, the hem of David Beckham's 1998 sarong. It happened in the lockdown supermarket queue. It happened as the tube released the glue. It happened where Wyming Brook runs out. It happens in the single syllable of shout. It came, as you'll say later, from the blue, but it never happened, happened to you. That
1: Oof. is beautiful. Stunning. Mm. Bit weird. <laughs> thanks. And, and did you get that going for a run, or...? Oh, there was one of those. You sat down and thought, "Oh no, I'm on the show tomorrow. I've got to write something." I wrote it
3: on the way <laughs> into town. <laughs> that's what I was turning these lines over in my head, but I had been thinking about it in between. That's what. I, that's how I like to write. So and was
0: there one line that you got first?
3: Well, I just kept. I was walking, and I was going. It happened at the Christmas party. It happened at the Christmas party, and then, then I got preoccupied for ages with the pronunciation, is it auntie or auntie? And I was like, well, I say auntie.
0: Mm. But is that... Is I that, say auntie.
3: Is that is that auntie Sheffield? Did you say auntie? And then, so I got worried about the rhyme and I said, it's going to be like that Christa Berg thing where he oh, goes, yes, dance, chance. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, and, but yeah, it kind of came from
0: romance, the Christmas party. Mm. Yeah. Line. Yeah, it's yeah ro-
3: romance, that's it. Looking for me. a
0: little romance, that's what he says
3: in the song, oh, isn't oh, it? And
2: where did the David Beckham... Oh, oh yeah, that, that, was, that's right. on, well, that right.
3: arrived somewhere walking through the um, sort of subway bit as you go into town. That's I where David lives. I don't know why lives. I was thinking of <laughs> <laughs> David Beckham's
2: That's where his spiritual soul lives, yeah. And I
3: had to Google it and I was hoping that um, r- rhythm-wise in the line that it wasn't going to be post-2000 because it needed to be 1990-something. Yes. So luckily... I googled it and it was
1: 1998. <laughs> yeah. How important then is, is, how is, how is that level of accuracy? your <laughs> your book, I'm loving your book, but it, it, it and and there's so many parts of Sheffield which I know quite well, and I'm going, oh yeah, that, that really does. See. Oh yes, that's that's. All. How Ooh. important is the accuracy? You know, as you say, because around this table we wouldn't have known. I don't think we'd have known if it was if David Beckham's was 1998, whatever it was for or it was 2001.
3: Um, I'm now worried that you're going to spot the two factual inaccuracies if you know Sheffield and the surrounding area in my novel, so you get a prize <laughs> if you can spot what they are. Oh, okay. One of them's quite quite obvious and quite bad. Um, but yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It's like Joe was saying earlier, in poems you can lie. Um, yes. But
0: if the truth works, then sometimes... Right. Yeah. Why not?
3: Then? Yeah,
0: and presumably you get, do you ever get letters from people saying, oh, excuse me, in that poem that you wrote, I noticed that you said it was 1999, David Beckham's wrong, yeah, but actually, exactly. do you get that?
3: Yeah, but also, yeah, sometimes people at readings will tell you mm. things, won't they, or they'll dispute things. What do you and, say? Um, I just nod politely. Well done. <laughs> and hope for the best. But yeah, you do get, the thing is as well, maybe it links to the fact that I think there's so much... Interesting material in everyday life, and in, in geography, and in place names, and in things that really happen. So why wouldn't, in a way, why why wouldn't you record it? And yeah, not that's... not that David Beckham is the only interesting thing. <laughs> <I could>
2: think, <laughs> but... Is this the first time David Beckham has turned up in? Yeah, I've never. Used... <laughs> it's, okay. never done... yeah. it's never never. never could... <laughs> it's never occurred before. before yeah. I, I bet he'll be pleased.
0: I think I'm he sure. will. <laughs> Lovely. Okay.
1: Well, now it's time for crackers. Oh! Because the idea is, we're going to pull some crackers, or you guys are going to pull crackers. Yeah. Uh, and pull them as close to the microphones as you can, just to annoy no. the producer. Oh yes, go but on. You've already tried
0: on. to flog him to the guests. So I have. Far today. Yeah. Well,
1: I already have done. So that's good. Right. Uh, so pull the cracker. Whatever comes out of it. You use as your prompt for the next oh. three minutes. Please pull, cra- pull crackers, you... pull crackers. Should I pull one of yours? Oh, you won. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Dave. But well, you can have that because I don't Breaking need. It. My do heart. another one. <laughs> yeah, we'll do another one. So, so we'll op- open them up and then. Oh, you, go on. Yeah. Go on. Uh,
2: do you want to pull my? Oh, yeah. Do you want to pull my? I know. Uh, oh, at least I won. You that, went so. there. Yeah. Oh, so geez. what
1: have we got? Because I mean, it might not have.
0: I think my cracker's trying to tell me something. What is it? It's giving me a pair of tweezers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Your prompt then for the three minutes, Letty is a pair of tweezers. I've got a pencil. All right. Joe, your prompt is... I'm going to have to write these down, otherwise I'll forget. Uh, Letty is tweezers. Joe is pencils. And Helen's is...
3: Well, I've got some cards, but I did the thing I was drawn to first was, was why are fish easy to weigh because they have their own scales. Is um, the joke. Oh my god, a joke.
2: Yeah, I'm, i is was immediately drawn to the joke as well. Well if
1: you're drawn to the joke, I'm I happy
0: didn't, I didn't even bloody get a bloody joke. Oh
1: no. Are you my joke, Dave? Thanks for that. Here
0: it is. <laughs> okay. What does a frog do when his car breaks down?
2: Well I don't know. What does a frog do when his car breaks down? Can anyone guess? Rib, it's got something to do with ribbit, isn't it? Hops.
0: He gets it towed away.
1: Oh <laughs> yes, was such a slow motion on that.
2: <laughs> the groan.
1: So, stop stalling and trying to get extra time to think Wait, about it. So,
0: so, oh, okay. So, so we. So I'm doing cards. tweezers.
1: If you want jokes, do you want, If you're drawn to the joke rather than the cards, go with the joke if you if you and that goes for yourself joe if you prefer to somehow use the joke as your prompt instead of a pencil okay and you have 3 minutes and they start now <laughs>
2: Swear like a sailor, Letty, don't you? So, how was it, Letty?
0: Um, yeah, it's great. Thanks to you. <laughs>
2: everybody else.
0: Yes, I do swear like a sailor. Yeah, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm still
2: trying to construct, finish constructing the last line in my head. I'm, I'm... Are
0: you going to do some live editing for us? Yeah, I am.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So shall we? Shall we? Shall we go with let's Helen look, first?
0: No, let's yes. go with Let's and go with Bloody Joe. So no, don't do no, that. No,
2: don't do that. No, it's I'm, it's it's it's, it's got tied all together. So. I'll steal your best lines like every, uh, <laughs> every, every good writer does, say so. Okay.
1: Well, Helen, how did you get on?
3: Him? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, did you go I'm with the joke that, or
1: did you go with the cards? I
3: didn't actually. You um, went with neither? I got distracted, but the fishies, do, I just kept thinking of other jokes. So I went with the King of Hearts, oh, right. which was Brilliant. the top playing card. That, okay.
1: Please fly okay. away.
3: Not a poem this time. Um, the King of Hearts is bored of his subject. These days, things are much too cartoonish. Greeting card hearts, soft toys that hold squishy hearts in their arms as fluffy offerings. Tattooed hearts with arrows through them, or worse, X's names, or worse, X's names redacted. Hearts drawn by children. They're not even anatomically accurate, he wants to shout. He wants to scream, where's the blood? Until the stopwatch of his own heart pauses. Well, oh, I love super. the idea mm-hmm.
0: of the of the King of Hearts being in charge of all of these different aspects of the image of the heart that we see in it's our daily lives. Crushing
3: responsibility, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Go on then, Joey, you want to do some online
2: Okay. Playing charades with your family is one of the quickest ways of establishing a generational divide. <laughs> Pop culture references falling deaf on old ears while old movie titles and stars of the silver screen are empty names devoid of feeling. Try and meet halfway. Imagine you are playing with David Beckham. (laughs) All spice and no filler. (laughs) See, that was what I was was trying to (laughs) grapple with, that last line. Um, I still don't. I mean, I don't know what that means. Allspice. No, it kind of sounds like. Oh, it it's works. A nice. So many lovely yeah, levels. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Two levels. <laughs> Excellent.
3: So David sweet. Beckham will, will will um, endorse our work now that we've mm. invoked th- his name so much today. It, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. The, yeah. He's,
1: the, he's got. He's now got a football club at Miami. So. There you go. You could be a resident oh, yeah, poet. Resident <laughs> we poet at yeah. Miami, Miami, <laughs> Miami. Miami football club. Our first Miami Chesterfield. Whatever it's called. more fun than Chesterfield. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. We could, we, we'll we get it trending.
0: <laughs> all right, Dave,
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll tag him in. Go on then, Letty. You, you've I gone just with... I can't
0: bear the fact I've got to follow those two. Uh,
1: what did you go with? Did you well, go I with the
0: tweezers? With, well, obviously, because that's okay. all I had.
1: We had the joke as well, but I, it's been a bit mean. But go on, what have you got?
0: Hang on. It's utter. Okay. She looks at the mighty tash she has grown for Movember, and will be sad to see it go in some ways, Hmm. despite all the disparaging remarks. But the tweezers are an absolute joke, so small and pointy, they stand no chance. Oh, did you you see? I love that. It's an absolute (laughs) joke. Yeah, but then it wasn't a joke because that's the joke, isn't it? Anyway.
3: No, no. I really like that. Thank yeah. you, Helen. It's, yeah, it's like one of those um, what do you call it, like flash fiction short yes. story that has a whole world in it. Yeah. In mm. it. Oh.
1: that's superb, brilliant. Just
0: a little, a little slice into my life, everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, are we ready then for the one minute? Yes. Okay, and what I've not reminded people to do listening in <clears throat> to the podcast is that we would love to receive your attempts at these prompts, your responses to the prompts. The prompts will be listed in the show notes just in case. But if you do have a go at the prompts, we do please ask you, uh, send them in. That's the most important thing, send them in. And ideally don't cheat. So, you know, set yourself a timer for three minutes and write when it goes off, stop writing. And that's where you've got to. And the same now with this one minute prompt. So, Letty, Joe, Helen, are you ready? It's a one minute prompt, and you do have 60 seconds to, to respond to the prompt The tree isn't real. You're going to swear oh. at me again, Laddie.
0: No, I'm I'm really going to try and watch my language mm. since Please Joe's don't. Sailor comment.
2: Please don't. Please don't. We like it when you swear. I, I put a swear word in made mine just for you. Oh, thanks. Oh, so, so, even up the score a little bit. Oh, mine's, got it
0: was, it, mine's got one. Mine's got one, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's counter, counter, okay. counterbalanced.
2: Helen,
1: do, do you have any swear words in yours? No. Then I think we'd better go with yours first because okay. these two are so potty mouthed.
3: It yeah. uh, says so just read it. Please mm. do. The tree isn't real, but the roots are. Look under the soil and you'll find them, an open, grasping hand, reaching as if cheated out of something, a gesture of friendship unreturned. I was thinking about my new friendships museum, wasn't Superb.
1: I? <laughs>
0: I've got goosebumps, look. Yeah,
1: straight in. I'm brilliant. Absolutely. It's really nice. Sure, it's not because it's November and it's cold. No, <laughs> yeah. I, lo- not. I like because it seems really positive, and then the last line it just turns unreturned. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> oh, dear. Ah, okay. So, which of you two potty mouths are going to go first? I don't mind. Go on, Letty.
0: Okay. I wish I, again, wish I didn't have to follow that. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> the tree isn't real. It's made of fudge. I got it from Willy Wonka's van. He was vile, actually. I think we should uninvite him. He's shit at charades anyway.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to tie in with the charades. I, I love the fact that
1: everybody's starting to tie in all of it. It, it It's, it's communal. It's, it's, yes, it, Christmas is
0: it a time of giving.
1: It, it is. You? Yes, everybody's a giving show. lines and ideas across to each other. It's It's glorious. Absolutely glorious, and yes.
0: Do you like fudge? Anyone like fudge? I I, don't.
1: I I like fudge. Do
0: you? I like fudge. Okay.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I do, but I couldn't eat a whole tree.
1: No, a whole
0: tree of fudge.
2: Yeah, it's a no. Bit of a challenge.
0: Good word, though, isn't it? Fudge.
2: Satisfying, isn't it? Something to do with the D and the G next to each other. yeah, it's like
0: <laughs> Judah, but I don't know how to say that. Actually, no, that's wrong. I've got sorry, I've got verbal diarrhoea. La, 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 la.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we're leaving you in the hole here. <laughs> no, over to Joe, please. let's Joe, hear
0: your swearing. Let's in. have
1: your last your one minute's worth.
2: The tree isn't real, Victoria Beckham tried to explain <laughs> to David, but he wouldn't believe her. Of course, the tree is fucking real. It's green and shaped like a tree, and you've just called it a tree. If it's not a tree. Then I, am um, I a human?
1: <laughs> Stunning! <laughs> oh, Stunning. I oh, love it. it. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, so for good. For everybody. For everybody. Oh, wow. Well oh, loving, loving it. I'm gobsmacked. Really am. Superb. I never realised
2: that David Beckham was my muse. Actually, you know, you've, been, you've shared your <laughs> muse Everyone's with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've taken him and run with it.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And. Although what did strike me in there, I think that's the first one from YouTube that had dialogue in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I remember earlier on when when you mentioned dialogue as a as a having to write dialogue, both of you pulled that face that went, Oh, dialogue. You know. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> well, dialogue
1: face. Yes. So anyway, that, and that brings us no, it doesn't bring us to the end of the show because most of, we'd like to know what's next, you know, we're coming towards the end of the year. What's next for you both? What can two thousand and twenty two bring? In
2: your lives? Ooh, I'm not sure, really. I mean, uh,. I mean, uh, uh, obviously I, I work in poetry and literature, but I also do lots of other stuff. So I'm booking a politics festival at the moment called the Festival of Debate. So uh, that's going to be in April and May. I'm hoping actually to host Helen's book launch for a new book. Oh, yay. yeah, yeah, oh, which should be cool. Um, so, yeah, I'll be working on that, I think, over, over the next few months. But apart from that, I'm hoping some Baileys, although that's kind of in this intervening period between yeah. now and the end of the year, just lots of Baileys and, you know, Maltesers, really. Yeah. And how
1: do people find out about the festival debate and indeed about yourself?
2: Uh, oh, yes. Uh, the com is the website to find out about uh, the festival. We'll be launching the lineup probably in early March, thereabouts then. And, yeah, that's probably the best place to kind of stay up to date with the stuff I'm working on. So uh, the Word Life website or the Now Then magazine website, um, nowthemagazine.com.
0: And if people do want to submit their work to now then, do they have to be Sheffield based? Like what's what's the
2: No, you you can you can be based anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um and now at the moment we're online so we don't and we used to have limitations on line length and, and length, but we don't anymore. So yeah, it's just you have a go on the website now, the themagazine.com. Submission details are all on there. Fantastic. And obviously we take poetry submissions, but we also take submissions of articles and lots of other things as well. So if people write fiction or non-fiction or just write like writing think pieces and things like that, they can get in touch with us as well. Amazing. And we'll put all of that into the, the
1: show notes as well for people to to access. Lovely. But I think, Helen, he's giving the game away about what 2022 might be bringing for you.
3: <laughs> I just think that that's such a nice like indication of like how the Sheffield literature community is as well. That's what we were saying earlier about how nice it is. It's like you've picked guests at random, and we've not seen each other for ages and we're Mm. working together on something potentially next year. And that's, that is Sheffield. It's everyone supports each other. Um, Yeah. I've got a nonfiction memoir coming out in uh, March, uh, which is called a line above the sky. And it's about, motherhood and mountaineering um mothers who climb mountains and it's um so it's partly the um a, a retelling of the story of Alison Hargreaves the mountaineer who died on K2 yes. in the 90s and her son um Tom Ballard who was a young boy when she died who went on to become a really successful mountaineer in his own right and who died in 2009 um, about the same age as his mum was when she died also in the mountains and sort of about I'm a very amateur terrible climber but about my own sort of climbing exploits in the past and how that's changed since my son was born three years ago and sort of um, all things around that Wow. I've so, also got a poetry book coming out next year, which is, I haven't had one for ages. <laughs> and then this is all happening at once. Yeah. Um, but that's later in the year.
0: And what's that called? It's called
3: The Illustrated Woman after the Ray Bradbury, The Illustrated Man. And it's partly oh, about brilliant. tattooed women through history, especially in the Victorian era, the sort of circus, mm. circus performer, tattooed
0: lady. Well, there's two Fantastic. things for us to
1: look forward to. And Three people- things. Keep up to uh, up to date with yourself.
3: Um, they could uh, they could follow me on Twitter at Helen Mort or um, uh, Penguin uh, is the imprint that Pen- Penguin Random House or whatever that they're currently called that that um, all of my books. Both those books are going to be published mm. by separate by right. Ebury and by Chatter and Windus.
1: Brilliant, and I think that is really it. Yeah. Um, Apart
0: from obviously it's saying a huge.
1: Yes, huge thanks. Huge thanks. And forgotten, don't we? I've not been rude. It just, was just <laughs> the way you were looking yeah. at me there. Yeah, right. let, let, people, you know, listening, let you occasionally give these looks and they wither me to the ground. So, uh, yeah, we've come to the end of the show. Our thanks, huge thanks to to yourself, Joe, and to you, Helen. We'd also have massive, massive thanks to Peter, our producer from Cornucopia Radio, Sheffield Hallam University, as always, for the space to record and especially to you for listening. Please have a go at the prompts. We'd love to hear from you. All the information, prompts, and links from the show are in the show notes, and you can also find them at our website, promptyprompt.com. And so from Letty and myself and everybody involved in the show, we will see you soon. But between now and then, we wish you a very Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas, everyone.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye.
0: Gonna jingle your bells now. Please.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Best stuff I've had for years. Oh dear. If you've been playing along at home today, we'd love to see your responses to any of the prompts. And if you're a writer and would like to be on the show, please send us an email to promptyprompt at gmail.com.
0: You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Prompty Prompt or head to our website, which is promptyprompt.co.uk or promptyprompt.com. We've got both, just in case. You'll find information there on our website about how to join our Discord server. Come and join the community, share your written work, connect with others and have fun with your own writing prompts.
1: If you'd like more information on today's guests or a recap of the prompts... They're all available for you as part of the show notes.
0: And finally, if you have enjoyed Property Prompt, and we really, really hope you have, please share the shit out of it. Tell your chums and tell your mums. And if you could give us a five-star rating so new listeners can find us more easily, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm.